Hello there! Welcome to the 10th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and PlayStation DualSense controller, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, buddy? General Kenobi, I am a controller. Oh, uh, cool. It's good Uh, to know. That's why I, I, you know, introed with that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's very kind of you. I got haptic feedback when you press me, my triggers. Oh, no. Um... I'm okay, man. It's been a doozy of a day. I'm quite exhausted. It's just been a long day. It's just been a long day. That's fair. I uh, It was a busy day at work. It was quite nice. I uh, woke up a little bit late. I almost didn't make it there on time. However, I did make it there on time, so we're good. However, on my way out of my home, I was foolish enough to close the door behind me too swiftly. Oh, too no. Fa- fast enough. That it hit the the heat the back heel of my left foot. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the glass broke. No, 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 no. That's ridiculous. And now you no longer can walk. I can no, no I can walk, but I like I scraped off a bunch of skin. Ay ay ay. And I'm gonna show you right now. Are you actually? Yeah. Is my sock? Oh yeah, it's bleeding. Like it's, like not, it's not bleeding anymore. If anything is a demonstration of the fact that we just don't talk outside this podcast, yeah. that was surely it. Yeah. There's, it, so it was like it was bleeding all day. And I'm at work and it hurt. Let me just tell you, I got to walk a lot at work and it hurt. Um, it's just incredible. You didn't tell me this as you walked through the door. You just, you know, you sat down and you were laser focused at making sure that we, you know, only talk inside this podcast. Laser focused. Like incredible. On the Samsung you're, Galaxy You're a very Note dedicated man, let me tell you. Ultra. Yeah, man. I try. I try. But yeah, otherwise, you know, I, um, I'm just tired, man. It's just one of those days. I'm just not feeling it. I'm not that's feeling fair. it. But uh, what I, I am understand. feeling is having a conversation with you Oh, that's, about things. That's that's good of you. Yeah, man. What's up? How are you? What's up with you? What's new with you? Not much. Not no? much. Not hmm. really. Interesting. I'm I'm actually quite hungry. You I, hungry? No way. Yeah, man, I, I am. Uh, I'm quite hungry. I had breakfast this morning and that's it and that's it it was no uh it was so you know toad in a hole or whatever they call it a what a toad in a hole no not an actual frog I'm not aware of this what is or, that uh i don't know what I, I don't know it's called a bunch of different things so you get a slice of bread right okay and you cut a hole in the bread right right sure and uh then you put the that so like i i cooked some bacon as well smoked bacon actually my father made it uh last year it was uh, vacuum sealed but yeah, so you know, I, I tossed that smoked bacon on my pan, you know, rendered out some of that fat, cooked it nice, took it out of the pan, and then I cut a hole in my, my bread, two slices of bread, and you put that piece of bread in the pan to okay. to toast it. Yeah. And you know that hole that I mentioned that I cut out, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You crack an egg right into it. Why? Why is it called a toad in a hole? I don't know, man. Maybe I'm calling it something wrong. That's that's just how I learned it. Definitely called other things, but uh, I did do that. And then that's what I had for breakfast. So a little bit of bacon. That's what you had for, for, for food today. For food. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're right. I had about four coffees today. I was very tired all day. Why didn't you eat anything? I don't know, man. What happened? I didn't have enough time. What happened to dinner? Uh, well, I got off work late. I got off work at like nine. Didn't you have a break during um, work? I did. I just wanted to get a coffee, though. 
I was just very like I was just tired, man. I, I didn't have a appetite at the time. I see. So there was a it was a very busy day at work. Simply put, we had a little bit of a, you know like it, it slowed down, and I was like, this is my chance. So I ran. I bought two iced coffees from McDonald's because it's dollar drink days. Black as I like it. Drank one on the drive back to work, and then uh, had had the other one throughout the day. Gotcha. The rest of the, my like three hours or whatever it was for my shift. Really busy day at work, and again, my foot was hurting. The back heel, blood everywhere just blood dripping man <laughs> that's unfortunate <laughs> yeah it's a good thing i don't have like hiv or something because then uh oh your customers would also have hiv well i'm not fucking rubbing my foot on <laughs> my customers but i'm just saying like if i mean like they're possibly you know what i mean possibly it would suck to have hiv no doubt yeah no doubt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? That's a good segue. We ask our <laughs> listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us and he said, Gentle peeps, firstly, Simon is not wrong. Yako Wacko and Princess Angelina Contessa Luisa Francesca Banana Fana Bobesca 3 in brackets dot was indeed a purely Warner property. They lived in the Warner Water Tower and often conflicted with staff on the sets. Yes, I was a fan and still possess a stuffed Yakko, whose character was inspired by Groucho Marx. Oh, yeah, the uh, the socialist, right? No. Ah. Sorry to disappoint. I'm presuming HBO didn't want to take a chance on a quarter-century-old cartoon. Just to do a quick segue here, break off this comment from Ken, we made a comment last week about how specifically... Animaniacs was going to be a Disney show on Hulu specifically, which is quite interesting because they have HBO Max over at Warner Brothers. And this is such a Warner Brothers property in every way. And that again, these characters live in the Warner Brothers tower. So it is strange. You think they're still going to live in the tower? Did I? I feel like I meant I asked this last week. Are they still going to live in that Warner Bros tower? I think so. I, I also looked into this briefly and I had forgotten that Yakko and Wacko and Dot were actually it's the Warner Brothers and sister. Oh, they just left her out. The, no, they're the Warner brothers, Yakko and Wacko. And so why is it called Warner siblings? It could be, but the Warner brothers is the, the brand. It's clearly connected to the Warner brothers brand. And so they way. just left, left their, is this like an act? Like, is this, is this, is this like an actual, like this reference was, to real life? What do you mean real life? Like, These I mean, animated like, cartoons, Adrian, they don't know, but like, is this based we're not living on in Roger Rabbit? Are, are Yakko, Wacko and Dot based on real people? Are, are those real people? Like the, the three, the three people that made Warner brothers. And then no, they're just like, no, the cartoons uh, they're they also, these animated characters also didn't conflict with anybody on sets, but Oh yeah. It's just all fictional. Set, yeah. It's all fictional. Oh yeah. These dog cat <laughs> cartoons, it's fictional. Anyways. So I, I was just, uh, yeah, giving some context to why Ken is talking about that here. And, uh, yeah, thanks Ken for the clarification. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. The next part of his email says, Nextly, do you have any updates to the proposed Sandman series on Netflix? Author Neil Gaiman is apparently involved in the scripts, but with the ongoing COVID-19 zombie apocalypse, is anything actually happening? Signed, Kenneth. And in uh, quotes here, I'm not crazy about reality, but it's still the only place to get a decent meal. By Groucho Marx again. Oh, the socialist. <laughs> no, it's still not the... Ah. Still not Carl. Still oh, not I'm Carl. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so, as you uh, all know... Uh, all you listeners, I am very ingrained in the industry. Um, so of course, I actually, ingrained. Ingrained. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, you especially. Yeah, me. What, what are you trying to say, me especially? Like, I'm just yeah. saying, it, saying it like it is. Yeah, thank you. 
You're welcome. Um, so I, I actually know a lot about this, and I have some f- few updates. Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to share it, though. So uh, not gonna not going to share it. Oh, you don't have anything for us? No, I do. Like, I have things. I, just not for you guys. Like, you know, like, it's... It's secret. It's, it's secret. secret. I signed a non-disclosure uh, agreement. You know, all the, the, the use. If you're in this industry, you'd get it. But, you know, not everyone can be in this industry. Exactly. Just as a, a clarity, we talked actually about Neil Gaiman with the DC fandom briefly. And there was a discussion about how Joseph Gordon-Levitt had left the Yeah, jo- Joe Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. He was working on the film with Neil Gaiman, apparently, and a gentleman by the name of Eric Heiserer, who was mm-hmm. specifically the screenwriter for Arrival, oh. the Denis Villeneuve movie. And so they were working on it together to make a film. And eventually, Joseph Gordon-Levitt... Joe Gordon-Levitt, yeah. He left. He left. <laughs> that was terrible. No, that was a pretty good one. I apologize. No, no, keep it going. <laughs> he left for creative differences. Ah. And then so did Eric Heiserer oh, in no. a way as well. But he claimed that this this show or this movie, I just gave it away, should be a show on HBO. Oh. That's what he was claiming. And so then the they tried to shop it around. Warner Brothers was like, well, DC, I guess, was trying to say, oh, well, can HBO do this? And so they went to HBO and they said, hey, can you, do you think you can do this? And they said, no, it's too expensive. Your proposal is too much for HBO. Which arguably is just because they had a lot on their plate, and so there was too much to, to be done, I guess, for in terms of yeah. CG and whatever it was going to cost. In 2013 is seven, when the, seven. the film was kind of being made, and then they tried to shop at HBO, and then they failed, and then they shopped it to Netflix, and then Netflix bought in. Which is interesting, again, because it's a DC property, meaning that they, they missed out on another HBO Max show that they could have had, and this is going to Netflix. Like, I just keep thinking Warner Media, like, get it together. Like, get HBO Max off the ground. Stop giving away Harry Potter and various things, which is interesting. Various things, yeah. What do you, what, <laughs> you don't have any input with that, do you? No, no. I, again, I have a lot of input. I'm just not allowed to share it. Right, so. of course. Anyways, that's my input. And then my other input was, if you watch the DC fandom, Gaiman is working on the scripts, and he specifically said that COVID-19 has let him rework them. So he's let it's let him go back in. And actually take a look at the scripts and perfect them. That's what he was saying on DC Oh, uh, that's, that's cool. I feel like uh, we talked about this briefly about the Stranger Things guys, the, uh, the, the two brothers. How they yeah, got they to, got to uh, map out the rest of the seasons. Yeah, uh, uh, Stranger yeah. Things uh, pretty cool. because of COVID. So like, if there's one thing that I've learned about coronavirus, about COVID-19. Is that we might get better content. Exactly. Maybe. Know? If they're able to film some film productions, as we're going to discuss later, have had to shut down, mm-hmm. and they might be there might be more as kids go back to school. We don't know. Yeah, so it's a question of they may have the best scripts in the world, but will they ever be able to finish them? That's a good question. That's have kids issue. died from coronavirus? Do kids die from it? A couple have died, but it's been rare. Like it's not a very common thing. Most kids don't seem to die. We're not scientists here on this show. We're I mean we're industry ingrained. Yeah, we're ingrained. As you in mentioned, the industry, Adrian. Yeah. But we're certainly not experts on the Well, coronavirus. I'm also... Although I don't know if anyone's an expert on the, the coronavirus, to be honest. But. I mean, like, like again, I'm not allowed to share any information about the coronavirus because I'm actually ingrained in the, in the Scientology industry as well. Scientology? Yeah. So not science. No, Scientology. You know, the... The, the religion? religion? Yeah, the, with, the, with the aliens or something. I actually don't know. You don't actually know about it. My extent of knowledge about Scientology is from that one, like the, the South Park episode. I see. Yeah. So fun fact about that, actually. So there's a character in the first like 10 seasons of uh, South Park by the name of Chef. Okay. I, I don't know if you... I don't, know. I don't, I don't uh, partake in the South Park. I apologize. Oh, 
I but I'll, I'm listening intently. I'm curious so, to see what your story is. So there's a character uh, in the show uh, by the name of Chef, and he's like kind of the, the, the guy that the kids always go up to. Does like, he cook fairly well? Yeah, he's, he's like the school cafeteria chef. Oh, he literally is a chef. Yeah, so he, he's there, and, and they always like you know ask him for advice and stuff. Like, like, hey, chef, like this is what's going on. And he would always like do these like smooth, like he'd like sing to the kids occasionally and give them good advice. Great character. However, the actor that played Chef was actually a Scientologist. So when oh. uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker uh, made the episode of about Scientology, the actor quit. Oh no way! Um, yeah, which is funny because he was in like a bunch of episodes making fun of every other religion. But as soon as it, it hits too close to home, he pieces out. Anyways, so instead of like writing the character off immediately. They kept the character in, and all they did was use, like, pre-recorded So the same like, lines over and over again. Yeah, but, uh, like, edited together in a really, like, messed up way. And it was f- fairly meta because, like, the kids, like, acknowledged it uh, constantly like, oh, throughout, cool. the, throughout the episode. Yeah. And then they kill him off. Oh, they killed him off. Yeah, they just fucking murder him. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. South Park's like something special. I haven't watched South Park in a few years. Maybe, maybe I'm gonna jump back into it. But yeah, that's a that's a quick aside, a quick trivia cool. piece about South Park and uh, the actor that played Chef that left because of Scientology. Sweet. Yeah. What uh, What have you been watching this week, Adrian? So I'm gonna be honest with you, Simon. I barely watched a thing. I no way, nothing. I've watched a couple things, but not many things. So I actually watched an Amaletto short film. Oh, sweet. That's good. Um, by the name of Night Diner. Oh, okay. So it was just like a, just something while I, while I was out and about, and it's about this Yelp reviewer that tries like different restaurants and stuff like that. Uh, however, like it just takes place in this one restaurant that he goes into, and it's just like this very eerie. Like he like gets in there, and and the, there's a chef and a server, and the server's like super weird, and it's obviously like him kind of uncomfortable. And then you know he gets served a burger, and he's like, man, this this burger's delicious, but the service is weird. And it kind of just goes from there. It's pretty short. It's under 10 minutes. Really good. I would recommend it. Again, it's very hard to talk about Amaletto films because they're so... You don't so, want to spoil them? Exactly. They're so yeah. short. And yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's a good one. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, on top of that, I actually finished Avatar The Last Airbender, finally. I watched the season finale the other day. S- sorry, series finale the other day. Fantastic, man. I, I just love that show. Did I already mention that last week? Did I finish that last week? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I think so... so uh, yeah, I finished it, I think, this week. I, I watched the series finale. It's a fantastic show. I genuinely love that show so much. I actually got ExpressVPN. Working, we're not sponsored, by the way. Uh, working on my TV, like my Sony TV. And Legend of Korra, which is the sequel series, is actually on uh, Netflix in the U.S. So I'm going to start watching that. Who's making Legend of Korra? Like what the two the... main creators. Uh, no, I meant more like what uh, produ- pr- production company. Nickelodeon. But yeah, it's it's Nickelodeon that produced the show, I guess, and it is on Netflix in the United States. So you can't get it in Canada. That's an odd thing. Yeah, it's not on any streaming service. You have mm. to you have to purchase it. Okay. It was just added to like a Netflix in the the U.S. like two weeks ago. Right. So How old is Legend of Korra? It, it came out. I think it aired the first episode in twenty fourteen or fifteen. And it goes for four seasons. Okay. It's actually, um, I don't think the seasons are as long as Avatar The Last Airbender. Cause I, I, I mentioned briefly like before that like that show isn't as well regarded as Avatar The Last Airbender. That is true, but it's still like a 90% on It's Rotten very Tomatoes. high, by the way. I looked that yeah. up as well. Yeah, it's still uh, like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. My my, my good uh, pal Peter, like he, he didn't like it. He didn't. The first season was the least regarded. 
which is funny because he loved the first season and then he stopped watching halfway through the second season because he felt like it was like retconning specific things oh interesting which is uh unfortunate but yeah so that that is one thing of note so i'm gonna start watching that and then um the boys just dropped the boys season two yeah did you watch any of it i watched the first half of the first episode oh okay is it good um it's good so far yeah i'm I'm super excited yeah the boys was like it has no business being this good you know like it's very good it's It's strange very high quality it's strange because it doesn't seem like it's getting enough praise am i wrong i don't know maybe i'm just mistaken i just feel like it's very i don't know it's almost it's interesting because a lot of people in like my friend group our friend group watch it a bunch of them do and then I, like even my coworkers at my old store that i worked at a lot of them watched it as well like i feel like it's one of these things that are just kind of flying under the radar radar but still very popular like i think i'm right about this but the boys was like the most streamed amazon original tv show so we're just wrong it's just very popular yeah i think it is very popular and again it's well regarded it's very well regarded yeah yeah and uh yeah so far there's the first three episodes of season two are out and then they're airing the rest weekly which kind of that really annoys, annoys me, me. Yeah, I don't okay. get the point. Am I just going to watch it at the end? Probably. Yeah, no, I'm going to watch it week to week, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Like Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. They're trying to do something different. Well, it's like, kind of like Hulu. Apple TV Hulu Plus does the does same this. thing. Yeah, and Hulu does the same thing. And Disney Plus does the same thing. I think it's because like eventually you get to a point where you just don't have enough original content. I get that. But then that why did Netflix to? ever start this to begin with? Because they had enough, I think. Well, they started well, they with were all the, the licensed content. Right? Yeah. So they just kept getting licensed content, and that was their, I guess, their selling point mm-hmm. and then they made content at a pretty quick pace like the hemlock grove and house of cards and orange is the new, new black. black those were the first three shows weren't they they were and actually you know how you used to i don't know what episode it was maybe episode three at one point you said that there was no seasons of any show or any show that passed four seasons that's just not true orange yeah is new orange black is new black seven. and house of cards and house two. of cards but i think you did you had you had mentioned house of cards I don't think so. Maybe yeah, like, I did. Maybe you did. Grove Grove actually failed. Yeah, so that, that canceled that season show. two. But I Orange is the New Black got pretty far. And then every other show after that was kind of hit and miss in terms of most of, of that, seasons. Yeah, like every other show other than... I mean, again, I, I mentioned BoJack Horseman like making it into seven seasons and now like the Dragon Prince being like renewed up yeah, to Yeah, they just have to be seven. amazing enough, I guess. Yeah, but I feel like the majority get canceled before, like like within those first like three, four seasons. Yeah, some of them, I think the ones that are excellent, I think Ozark could have continued, honestly, mm. if the creators wanted it to. That's yeah. what I actually, I, I'm getting the Vince Gilligan Breaking Bad vibe from it. Yeah, That's well, especially because of like how like how well regarded that that show is. Yeah, it's and only many... gotten better, I think. And I, agree. I think that it must have more viewers than before. I think, like as uh, as shows go, on Netflix, mm-hmm. whereas I, I'm sure lots have dropped off. I feel like there's a tight chance that there's at least the same. It's grown. Or at least the same number of viewers. Yeah. Because I feel so like much it's grown. Content. There's so much content out there in general, though. It's yeah. crazy how much, if you think about how many different streaming services there are now. There's at least seven. There are a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like Shudder, that horror streaming service. You just fart? That was my chair. Yeah, sure. Anyways, there's uh, the Shutter streaming service, and it's it's weird. Shutter is like one of those streaming services that I feel like it's pretty old at this point. Like it came out fairly early on. Is it original content, or are they just it is original content? That's it's horror. original content. They have a lot of so that Mayhem oh. movie uh, with Stephen Ewan and Samara Weaving. Um, sure, it's not Weaver. It's Weaving. It is Weaving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just made that mistake every time. I know. So I thought I'd throw that in there. That's funny. 
Anyways, nobody can see you roll your eyes yeah, on, the judge. I, on I realize audio that. there, but I'm, I'm doing like a show for the for the viewer in the room. That's just me. Yeah, I know. And, and Jim at the back handling the audio tapes. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Good Jim. old Jim, you know, the um, old uh, old disc tapes. Disc tapes. Disc tapes. He's handling the disc tape yeah. machine for us. What was I saying? You were saying that Samara Weaving and oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Steven Yeun are in that Shutter show. Yeah, no, it's a movie, Mayhem. That's a Shutter original. Mayhem. Yeah. And then they have a lot of movies that just came out recently or like over the past like year or whatever that are like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like they have some like horror movies that are like what are the what, what number of reviewers are we looking at though? I don't know. I didn't look into it. I that just, usually is a, something that matters a lot. Yeah. I find. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like if it's 24 versus I three hundred and seventy on Tenet as an example. Tenet, yeah. Then you know what I mean. It's just it's more, more meaningful for Tenet. Yeah. Because you can tonight. make something certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes a little easier. Well, it's true. I think that I'm sure there's a threshold. I'm not actually sure what the rule is. Me neither. Rotten Tomatoes to make it certified fresh. But anyway, what are you yeah. watching? I am watching, and I just started watching, and now I'm on episode six of Ooh. Defending Jacob on Apple TV oh, Plus. I wanted to watch that. I think I mentioned that previously. It started. Like Chris Evans. He's a fa- he's a father of a kid. Did he do it? Did he not do it? This kid did a crime. Did he? Did do he it, kill though? this other kid? His classmate. Oh, is that the premise? His of the name show? is Jacob. Believe it or not, this kid. The, gu- surprise. the kid that died. What a right? surprise. No, because he's hard to defend now. Yeah, unfortunately, sure he's dead. But anyways, yeah. So Chris Evans and Michelle Dockery play parents to Jacob Barber, who's played by Jaden Martell, ah, who is yeah. simply accused of murdering his classmate. And so the question literally is, did he do it? And it it brings you through this mystery of trying to make you believe one way or the other. And they do a really good job of kind of convincing you that it's not and then convincing you that it is him and you kind of have to form your own opinion. My girlfriend and I are very into this like true crime type of thing lately and we've been watching documentaries like Making of a Murderer Season 2 and uh, docu- documentary style type type ideas and then we're, we're like big into Mindhunter and so this seemed like a good potential progression. Is it's it a mini series. It's a limited series. I was actually going to ask that next. Like Because it, it, yeah, like... How do you how do you continue this going? Like once you answer the well, question. Well, some, for instance, a little show called why. Thirteen Reasons yeah, Why they believe it. that they can continue in any way. They can I don't just, want to talk about next, it. Next, the kids will be superheroes and actually find that no, they, the show got, they get stung the by a done. radioactive bee, and they and now they have to deal with the superpowers in this high school. Yeah, that they, could they easily become, be the next. They season. become cars that transform. Right, but then you got to no, you, no, it can't, you got to delve into the drama aspects with like you know really deep conversations about suicide and. Other, other 13 Reasons well. Why is done, though. Like Season 4 was the last season. Another prime example. That one I can't imagine was very popular after Season 2. No. Well, like I like it, the quality drop again. We I've talked about this. It doesn't I, feel I like... How did they even Fuck get that. to Season 4? It just feels like time didn't... Am I, I feel like I'm stuck in time or something. Again, Season 2 is well, about... I'm unstuck in time. Season 2 is like a continuation of the first season it. because it's like a court date. And then Season 3 is almost like kind of like a soft reboot of sorts. It's the same cast and everything, but like they just don't talk about the past two seasons really. Again, I only watched the first episode. Right. Uh, and then again, uh, it's... they. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. It's actually, disappointing. It actually makes me upset. It's definitely it. disappointing. To me, 13 Reasons Why is a one season. It's a mini series. It's only one season. I don't have to. I agree. It should yeah. have ended. Uh, but anyways, no, I really like this. I think it's actually quite quite good. The music's actually really good. How many well. episodes? Eight. Eight. Oh my gosh, you're nearing the end. It's reasonably small. I know. I didn't know that until today. I checked it. I was, I was kind of curious. Do you think he did it or do you not think he did it? I don't want to tell you because it kind of spoils that I'm at episode five. I don't want to. I don't want to. Did they reveal any... it already? Uh, did they? Did they or did they not? 
reveal it. Oh my gosh. Tune in to find out. I can't Apple TV wait. Plus, which is a very reasonably priced streaming service, by the it's way. Five bucks, right? Uh, I believe so, or six bucks in Canada, $5.99. Mm. But the cool thing about it is that, and this is a really good idea, in that Amazon Prime Video is a cool idea, and that you, if you subscribe to Amazon Prime, you get Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. In Apple TV Plus territory, if you buy an iPhone or a Mac, you just get a year for free. Which is kind of a good idea in general. The, the Mac is a fairly expensive product, so is an iPhone. So I think that's a pretty neat idea. And that's how I have Apple TV Plus currently. Me too. I barely watched anything on it, though. There's a lot of good shows on I think that. I, I find only watched Greyhound. I'm surprised how poorly Defending Jacob is reviewed in that it's a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's kind of... Uh, is that your cat in the background? I don't know if the mics are picking it up, but yes. <laughs> your cat's like whining the, hard, heavily in the background. They are. Yes, the cat is... Sad, uh-huh. it seems. Bummer. She wants to be a part of this podcast, and we're not letting her in no. this room. Piss off, pussy. But <laughs> anyways, I don't know. Uh, it seems like it's kind of low, because I think the production values are there. I think the story is great, quite good. And uh, even like the morning show didn't get rave reviews. The, your favorite show on, on Apple TV Plus, C, with... Yeah, I'll never, uh, never want to see that show. What's the guy's <laughs> name? Sorry, Aquaman. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, yes. Cal Drogo. Yeah, that that did not get good reviews. I just, I don't know. I feel like the people are harsh on the Apple TV Plus shows. This is a particularly good one. I th- I recommend it. And if you have a moment, check it out. Maybe I'll watch it before my Apple TV Plus subscription ends this month. Yeah, I would do it. It's a good idea. Is that all you've watched, sir? Yes, sir. So let's move on to the news. Ooh, the news. Well, I got news for you. Oh, no. <laughs> so just real quick aside, there's an episode of Law & Order SVU with Ice-T. Yeah. And, uh, Don't they all have Ice-T in it? I guess so. Yeah, I guess he's the main character in that show. Ice-T as in not just the drink, I mean the man. Yeah, the, the man. The man, the legend. The man, the Ice-T. the legend, Ice-T. Yes. I haven't watched much of Law & Order SVU. I used to watch it with my mom like back in the day. Like I did too. School. I used to watch it before. Is this still going, by the way? It must not maybe be. Is it canceled? I, I think know. we should check this right now. Yeah, give it a looky look. Is, While you're looking that up. Yes, yeah, so you're going to tell the story of yeah, so Ice-T? There, there's, this, there's this episode, and I, I've just seen this clip totally out of context. And, and it's Ice-T with this guy. And uh, the guy's like, I am not gay. I, ha- I, I have relationships with, with women and sex with men. And then Ice-T goes, well, I got news for you. That means you're gay. <laughs> like, then there's this incredibly dramatic music that plays right after, after. Yeah, and it's it to me it's it is, really something. It's so f- just all you gotta do is just put into you YouTube. I've got news for you. That means you're gay, and it it's it's like 18 seconds this clip, and it is fantastic. That in the uh, the clip of the re- computer repairman finding beans. Oh my god, the beans! The desktop. Like, I think we've ever we've never mentioned that so far on our show. <laughs> I mean, we're a TV and film podcast, but isn't that piece of film a piece of art? That it? is. That is like. That's put that into put that into YouTube it's and about, do yourself a favor if you haven't yeah, this, seen it. Okay, this, just yeah. Type in "This is beans." This is beans. This is beans in this computer. <laughs> the content, like this is beans in any context, to me is just hilarious. This is beans. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. The guy, it's because yeah, this guy puts beans in. His he's computer bewildered. The repair guys were be- he's, bewildered. He's, <laughs> He's befuddled. He's genuinely scared. Like you could, you could hear the fear in his voice because he's so shocked and confused. Like this, this is food. This is beans in this computer. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> is this the motherboard? Yeah. <laughs> Are these the motherboard? Yeah. It's really good. It's I'm, pretty good. Ah, uh, fantastic. I got news for you. I got news for you. This is beans. This is beans. So I've I've discovered the answer to our inquiry. Is it still going? This comes by way of TV line. Oh, the hit site TV line. Currently in its 21st season, stands as the longest running primetime live action series in television history. It's going into its 22nd season. That's crazy. Is Ice-T still in it? I, I believe so. I believe so. But it's, uh, it's, it's too much to read, and I'm not going to find a That's definitive fair. answer. But you can write into us at splitfocuspodcast.gmail.com and let us know if Ice-T is still in Law & Order SVU. Well, I got news for you. The first Law & Order... I think is over. Like the original series, mm-hmm. I kind of liked that one. It was. I don't remember. It just felt more grounded. I don't think there was any line like "I've got news for you," that means you're gay. <laughs> I remember this one episode of Law and Order SVU. It's actually really fucked up. I don't know if I want to say it. Well, it's the special victims unit. Yeah, it's, it's sexual this, crimes. Yeah, it's about this guy that gets his girlfriend to be raped, and then. Like she has like an orgasm during during the rape or something, and he makes her out to be like a whore or a slut or something. That's like that's ingrained in my memory. I don't know why I just thought of that. That's a really fucked up episode. It's like there's so many different scenarios of people like with against all sexual crimes. So I feel it like actually made me really sad. They're doing like crazy. They have to do like crazy variations. I guess I don't know. That's messed up, man. I I if you think about the show like Grey's Anatomy. Think about how many, that's unrelated, obviously, to that story you just told. But I, I'm just saying that. Think about how many different versions of people come into that hospital. Like somebody, I, they got, initially they were getting hit by a bus or something. And now, and yeah, there's, like, a, there's an episode where they get got shot do, by a nail gun through. Well, well there was the, I don't, I actually never watched. Like, I've watched some of Grey's Anatomy. I'm going I'm to be honest. I watched some of Grey's Anatomy. I, uh, Grey's Anatomy. I watched some of the seasons with, uh, what's her name? Christine Heigl. Christian Heigl from uh, she's in uh, she's in movies. Catherine. Catherine Heigl. Yes. Yeah. Her. She's in like knocked up and stuff. She's in like the first few seasons. And I remember being in Serbia as a child, and there was a few channels that would play like English television, and Grey's Anatomy would play on it. I think it was like Pink or something. That's what the channel's called in Serbia. And uh, yeah, I, I watched some of that. I remember enjoying it, but I never went back to it. Grey's Anatomy is is a soap opera though. Like that is like it's just a soap opera. In a way, in no, a way, no, like it just is. It's higher quality than a soap opera. Yeah, for sure. There's like soap operas that have like fourteen thousand episodes. Oh, it's insane! It's unbelievable. Well, they run every day. That's why they can't be high quality, though. Yeah. So there, I'm sure there are some good high quality episodes. You know, I don't want to piss like off General any, Hospital. Any specific, you know, soap opera fans out there listening to this podcast? But my mom used to watch soap. Uh, sorry, yeah, General Hospital, and then uh, talk about it with her best friend. Uh, oh yeah, over the phone. My grandmother watches uh, General Hospital uh, or Days of Our Lives or The Young and the Restless. Is that oh, still running? Oh, yeah. I think so. I think that's the show that I was referencing that has like 14,000 episodes. 47 seasons from 1973. Imagine. Imagine that like, going that long. That's crazy. That's crazy. That is insane. I wasn't Anyways, even born back then. You know, we tried to get to the news. Oh, yeah. I'm well, I got go. news for you. Are we going to get segued on to this nonsense again? Yeah. Every time you say, I, I've got news for you, we just talk about nonsense? I I say, every time we're about to introduce the news, you start with, I got news for you. You can do that. All right. I'm gonna. I'm just going to move on to the news. Okay, cool. Number one. I got news for you. Oh, my God. And then say number one. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. I got news for you. Okay. Number one. 
According to publication Entertainment Weekly, HBO's Game of Thrones showrunners Dan Weiss and David Benioff's next project for Netflix is the TV series adaptation of the Three Body Problem trilogy. The trilogy is a critically acclaimed series of sci-fi novels written by Chinese author Liu Shishin. In 2014, Ken Liu's English translation of the first book of the trilogy was in fact the first Asian novel to ever win a Hugo Award for Best Novel. When explaining the choice of their next big series, Benioff and Weiss explained, quote, Leo Shishin's trilogy is the most ambitious science fiction series we've read, taking readers on a journey from the 1960s until the end of time, from life on our pale blue dot to the distant fringes of the universe. We look forward to spending the next years of our lives bringing this to life for audiences around the world, unquote. Back in August of 2019, Benioff and Weiss were caught in a bidding war for their talent, with the likes of Warner Media, Amazon, and Disney fighting to onboard the Emmy Award-winning showrunners. Eventually, it was indeed Netflix that signed the pair up for a multi-year deal. Due to this Netflix deal, Benioff and Weiss inevitably had to drop out of their mysterious Disney Star Wars project that they had only recently signed on for. True Blood writer and producer Alexander Wu will also be deeply involved in the Three Body Problem trilogy for Netflix. Adrian, what do you think? That's pretty cool. At least this these books are finished, so they don't have to make anything up. Um, right, yeah, and yeah. Russian ending. So you didn't like season eight of Game of Thrones? I, take I it based no, on like, that I, comment. like honestly, like I'm uh, I'm not one of those people that are like this is the worst show ever or anything. Like I it actually like, won, I think, best show for season eight. Really? Believe it or not, at the That's Emmys. Kind of odd. Yeah, the Emmys was it last year they won Best Drama. To me, like I don't know, I like I enjoyed it enough. I think it definitely was a rushed final season. I think those final two seasons felt a little bit too quick. Like they didn't take enough time to do some character development. However, I think season eight had one of the best episodes of the TV show. Period. It's the second episode of season eight. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go too deep into spoilers, but it's essentially the episode. Before. You don't. We don't want to spoil it. Yeah, yet. it's the episode before the battle Battle for Winterfell episode where it's a all these characters that you've never you've either never seen together or they're finally reunited after so many well, it's years so kind of slow and it's uh, exactly it's a build up that's where you it is quite amazing i agree i, I love that episode where yeah. because it feels like oh man like maybe i'll never see these characters again because the it's almost actually a build up so to the end of this series actually yeah. if you think about it because you're never going to see these characters again it's over yeah you know what i mean so like i'm i'm one of the more positive people on that final season uh i didn't love it i definitely think it is the worst of the tv show however it's still like good and like i wasn't just dis- like i wasn't incredibly disappointed being like this was the worst thing ever again i still enjoyed the tv show i still think game of thrones is worth watching i just wish they took more time to flush out that those final few episodes because i feel like the last episode in that tv show easily could have been like four easily yeah they could have just done more episodes i know that there was contracts with the actors just hire them for more time yeah your hbo you know you can afford it yeah john oliver is just buying signs that say his name on it for a sewage sewage plant for $55,000, I think you can afford it. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know um, if you saw that at all. but I think you mentioned it to me on this podcast. I could be wrong. I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast. but Well, then I, then I definitely haven't heard of it because you never, we don't talk outside this podcast. Right, yeah. Maybe it was, it was on the best podcast we ever recorded, episode six. No, because it aired last week. The best podcast? No, the last week tonight episode with John Oliver in which he tries to put his name on a sewage plant. Oh. Yeah, okay. Anyways, it's quite entertaining. However, I don't know. I I think uh, Dan West and David Benioff, they're obviously talented at adapting things. They made one of the best, like, fantasy series, if not the best fantasy series of all time, in Game of Thrones. So I'm quite excited to see what they do with this. It's cool that it's going on Netflix, so we're going to have these, like, instead of having to wait week to week 
uh, living in suspense, like like we did with Game of Thrones. We get to just digest all of it at once. Uh, yeah, per, maybe on their season all at once. least. Yeah, that's a good um, point. So I'm I don't know. Again, I'm I'm pretty excited for that. I think these guys are obviously very talented, and I think they can make a fantastic show that's sci-fi based. It's kind of interesting that this book. I've quite literally never heard of it. Have you? I'd heard of it vaguely. Oh. Yeah, I never heard of it. I never read it. Obviously, me neither. That's the vaguely part. I ain't a freaking nerd. I don't read. Ugh. So uh, the Star Wars thing puzzled me quite a bit. That was the only thing that was kind of confusing for me. Would you pass up on Star Wars? I don't know. I I think I wouldn't. If I was already involved in Star Wars, I liked Star Wars, which they were obviously jumping in with Disney to create another trilogy. I think it was where it seemed like that was the case. It was pretty vague what they were going to end up doing for mm-hmm. Star Wars. Well, there, there's like 18 Star Wars trilogies like in the works. Like, oh, we have the Ryan Johnson trilogy and then we have the David Benioff and um, well, that's Dan Weiss trilogy. And that's not happening, right? I know. No, what I'm saying is that we had so many at the same time and we had no idea what was actually happening. Like, we don't even know if Ryan Johnson is still We still don't know what's happening now. Yeah. People don't like Ryan Johnson. Which is silly. Again, that is such a good movie. I just cannot... I I will boldly say that Last Jedi is the best of that trilogy by far. Oh, easily. It's not even close. There's nothing about that. It's just so silly. People are so up in arms about this. I think we just lost viewers just by saying this. Yeah. I don't even want listeners. You here. Listeners, why do I always say that where people are watching our show, they can't watch? I mean, they can look at the the screen with our logo on it. They're but slowly seeing the, the the time tick. Maybe we just paint a picture so well that they are viewers. We're painting it in their mind wow. with our words. We're artists of the word lightsaber. That is red. Are you trying to paint pictures? Yeah. Oh, cool. Thanks. Super cool. But anyways, yeah, no, that's the only thing I'm kind of <laughs> curious about. The fact that they left the Star Wars project is kind of an interesting. Do you think idea. they? Well, remember. It's interesting because they were, uh, remember that trailer? It was called Confederate. Oh, that right. They, they were they working made? on Confederate. And then they they canceled that show because they were going to do the Star Wars trilogy. And then they canceled another the Star Wars they canceled trilogy. The trans- Star Wars trilogy as well. Do you remember Confederate? That, I don't Confederate, remember. Confederate, it was interesting because, because I, it was an alternate history if the Confederacy won in the U.S. I think it could have been actually, if, if handled properly, it could have been pretty good. Yeah. But if handled properly, it's like... Uh, I don't know, Wolfenstein as an example. Yeah. And fighting the concept of injustice. I think it could have... I th- but people were up in arms about Confederate... Yeah, it's because people are stupid. They didn't think... They were like, how can you do this? That's extremely... That's that's racist or whatever. But what about Man in the High Castle? The, right. It's the, the Amazon ideas, original trilogy. And the Nazi Germany won the yeah. war. Yeah, that's... But that's the thing. Like It's alternate it's history. It's showing them as evil. That was yeah. the point of it. Or... or Yeah, that's, that's the idea. People just complain about everything. It would have been interesting. If handled appropriately. For instance, I found that uh, Jojo Rabbit was handled appropriately. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that movie, man, so good. It's on Crave. It's on Crave. You can watch it if you have Crave. If you're in Canada. If you're in Canada. I don't actually know where it would be in the States. It's actually a good point. But it's worth Mm -hmm. watching. Jojo Rabbit, directed by Taika Waititi, of What We Do in the Shadows. and Hunt for the Wilder People. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. Thor the best Thor. Thor, yeah. Thor the best Thor. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Number two. According to website Variety... The Mandalorian Season 2 will officially debut on October 30th, 2020 on Disney+. Plus. Initially premiering in October of 2019, The Mandalorian's first season was a massive hit for Disney's Star Wars and their shiny new streaming service. The series takes place after the events of Star Wars Return of the Jedi and follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter played by Pedro Pascal, who swears himself to the protection of a defenseless alien child that looks very much like a baby version of well-known Star Wars character Yoda. Season 2 is set to star actors Timothy Oliphant and Rosario Dawson as notable cast newcomers. Much like Season 1, Season 2 is being showrun by 
by Iron Man director Jon Favreau, with a heavy influence from Clone Wars showrunner Dave Filoni. To speak to the confidence that Disney has for the series, The Mandalorian Season 3 has already found itself deep into pre-production. Cool. I'm quite excited. I feel like The Mandalorian, it, it doesn't feel like it's been a year since that show came out. It's really like ingrained in my brain. I really, really like The Mandalorian. It's a very good show and I'm super excited for the next season. There was an article uh, posted, I can't, I, I honestly don't know what website, but it was about how how The Mandalorian can like confidently continue filming even throughout this like coronavirus pandemic because of how they do their filming, essentially. Hmm, I didn't um, realize. And that's why like, obviously they're already doing season three before season two already aired etc and well i think they started right away though yeah before the pandemic started like season three season two yeah no i mean yeah but they they continue season three they're just writing Mm. as far as i'm aware like continued filming throughout the pandemic and again because it's all like done in it's not like they're they're not going to different sets and stuff it's one set and they have like those i forget what they're called those like essentially big huge like led panels around people what do you know what, you know no, what i'm talking about not, not like, sure it's, it's filmed in a very unique way they they don't actually use real it was sets. what i what i heard was it was uh unique and like new technology if i recall like there it was groundbreaking at the time i don't remember what they actually did though i can't find that article i was looking for but essentially there was a lot of articles back in may saying that mandalorian season two uh is not delayed because of like due to covid19 and um there's, you know, like different articles saying how a lot of TV projects will have to uh, adapt to like these more like virtual sets like The Mandalorian does uh, so they can continue filming more confidently. I, can, I can't find that article. It doesn't really matter. It's interesting because like Lucas, or I should say Industrial Light and Magic, like the visual effects company that kind of was founded around Star Wars is kind of groundbreaking in general. So I, I can see that. I, I do remember vaguely seeing that they had a different approach to how they actually do things, but I don't recall exactly how it works. I'm sure Kenneth Stadelbauer will, will 100%, not to bait him into this, comment in next week and we can clarify specifically about that. But yeah, no, I'm very excited for season two. I really love season one and it was cool. It was a lot more episodic than I thought it was going to be. I remember when it kind of came out and I expected it to be like a serial, like every episode connects directly into the next one, etc. However, it felt like you could honestly like jump in at almost any point or view the episodes out of order to a certain extent. Obviously it's best viewed in order, but you know, like really it's the first episode you need to watch and then the second episode is a direct continuation, and then each episode following, realistically, could be watched in any which way. It felt like a TV show that could, you know, just, like, air on, like, ABC. Not, I mean, the quality is way higher, but, like, it felt like a TV show that you could, you know, you're, like, s- skipping through channels, like, oh, I haven't watched this episode yet, and you just watch it, because you kind of Oh, understand. I see. Yeah, you know, what, I, you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, yeah, it kind of reminded me in, in some way of Firefly, and, and the way that it was done in a weird way, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it, well, it's a space show in that way, but I don't know. I, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, you yeah. can kind of jump into it where they kind of made it more accessible, which is weird because it's, it's a show Disney that's Plus. all on Disney Plus, so you'd watch it from the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can see that for sure. The other the great thing about that show in general is just there's so much uniqueness about that, and it's a new Star Wars property in a lot of ways. And Ludwig Göransson, again, his score is amazing from Tenet. And Tenet, yeah. He's, he's also done Black Panther, of course, but his score for Mandalorian is amazing. It's iconic, and while we're talking about The Mandalorian, literally, The Mandalorian theme is going through my head. Like, I created it as a ringtone on my phone. Ringtone? Did I say ringtone? Ringtone. It's a ringtone. A ringtone on my phone, like the, the theme, like the main theme song. I just think it's amazing. Nick Nolte's in it, which is really cool. You got... Uh, 
Bill Burr, yeah. yeah. Bill Burr being it, in it was amazing as well. That was such a funny cool because he, episode. He, that was an amazing episode. By it was the way. a really good episode, and it's funny because Bill Burr like has vocally mentioned like how much he doesn't like Star Wars. I don't um, think he liked it at the time, but I, I don't think he dislikes it now actually because he watched his episode. As far as I, I listened to his podcast after he had mm-hmm. worked on it or or watched it, and it was I think he kind of appreciates it a bit more. Yeah. It seems like. This is a really quick aside about Bill Burr, but I remember like doing my rewatch of Breaking Bad and then like Bill Burr is in Breaking Bad and I totally forgot Oh yeah, forgot no, about that it. I knew for sure. Yeah, that I totally forgot about. So when I rewatched Breaking Bad earlier this year, like yeah. just before El Camino came out, I was like, oh my goodness, like Bill Burr's in this. Yeah, that was like, so that was my first exposure to Bill Burr and I knew that was like, who is this guy? I've never really seen him in much. And then I saw his specials on Netflix. I was like, that's the Which guy from- f- Fantastic. And uh, and I was I'm a big fan of Craig Ferguson, so mm-hmm. the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, and he would always mention what a great comedian Bill Burr is and how much better he's gotten over the years, specifically. And uh, yeah, so that that's that was my exposure to him. And then he was he's in all, in all these choice projects that are amazing. Mm-hmm. It's cool. He just picks really really s- smart projects, I guess, because Mandalorian is amazing and Breaking Bad's obviously incredible as well yeah it is that's kind of cool it is really cool and carl weathers is in this show as well carl weathers <laughs> yeah from uh best known from arrested, arrested development, development playing himself Jinx, you know me you know, obviously you know. predator and uh, whoa 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 don't throw that out yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's pretty great <laughs> that's uh, like one of my most quoted lines of all all time anytime i see someone throwing anything in the whoa, car, whoa, I go like, whoa, whoa, whoa don't throw that out <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's uh it's really good uh, yeah, I'm so excited. It's it's definitely a like a gem. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a diamond show, a diamond in the rough. But there's just not many episodes, and you kind of each one is like a little nugget. You just watch and you just enjoy it. It's almost like again, I keep using this this term in a different way, but the theme park film, the the attraction. Yes, the amusement park. The the idea of like being able to watch that, and you're just catapulted into this new world. I find that that show. What's well, technically not a new world. Not it's really, but world. it's the old nostalgia. It's like yeah. we talked about the McDonald's ball pit on a free previous episode with the Dragon Prince, as an example. Yes, yes. The, 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 the colorful balls in the ball pit, the smell of socks, everything. The idea of you mm-hmm. as a child and going back in time into practical effects of Star Wars and how magical it can be. Ball and, pits are done for good, eh? Yeah, I guess with COVID, eh? Yeah, what a bummer. Did we talk about that actually when we referenced the ball Maybe. pit before? We must have. But must've. it seems like they're done. Yeah. Well, I'm never going to use a ball pit, like, but my kid might have used Speak a ball to pit. Yourself. Speak for yourself. That's very creepy, bud. I don't Why? Know. I'm not. I'm obviously not going in when there's kids there. Ugh. Even then, it's weird. You just Why? go into the ball pit and it says like you can't be over the age of 12, and you're like, no, and then you dive in head first. Yeah, Come break on. my neck. Come on. Come on. Number three. As reported by the website The Verge, the live-action remake of Mulan will be free to all Disney Plus subscribers on December 4th, 2020. Disney stirred up quite a bit of controversy last month when it announced that Mulan would launch almost exclusively on Disney Plus on September 4th with a $30 rental cost above the Disney Plus subscription fee. 35 in Canada. Many fans questioned the $30 price point, while others reasoned that it was actually cheaper than a trip with the whole family to the movie theater. It's because they're stupid. Many theater chains were reportedly frustrated by this move, as Mulan's release on Disney Plus inevitably meant no theatrical premiere and therefore no boost to a struggling cinema market impacted heavily by the coronavirus pandemic. 
The news of Mulan becoming free in December is currently boldly posted on the Disney Plus webpage, and this whole situation certainly begs the question as to why Disney Plus subscribers should not just simply wait for December before tuning in. Adrian? I don't even know what to say. Like, Isn't this I, crazy? I, it, what a, what a, what a why? odd situation this is. I mean, like, I'm going to, obviously I'm going to wait. I mean, like, again, I, I was going to just, like, torrent it. But at this point, torrenting is, like, way too much hassle. I don't really want to. I don't like torrenting things. At this point, I'm just going to wait until December and watch it. Oddly enough, like, Mulan's being reviewed, like, very well. It's Fairly it's, well. Yeah, like, it's it's 80% on Rotten Higher Tenet. than Tenet, actually, now. Tenet, yeah. So Tenet's below 80. It dropped. Like a rock since we last talked about it, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I think it's like mid-70s. Yeah. Even New Mutants is better rated than uh, Tenet. That's not true at yeah, all. it's not, no. Actually, I'm kind of curious what New Mutants is at now. Let's do a check. Let's do a check. Let's do a live, quick check of live both. Live on air. We should live almost call air. this a segment like we just segue to and do like a little jingle. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's coming to, you know, maybe on episode 20 and above we can we can incorporate that. Oh my God. What's the review? That's a good that's a good jingle I just made up. Oh, they dropped below 80 for Mulan. They're now at 79% on Rotten Tomatoes specifically. Good. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really care. boop a doop What's the review? 74% on Tenet. Tenet, yeah. And 33% for New Mutants. It actually rose a full, I think that's four percentage points. Which that's one in three people like that movie. That is now 5% higher than Batman versus Superman preposterous it's pretty crazy pretty crazy but yeah no i think this is outrageous 35 dollars in canada i keep seeing this pop up in my like at my apple tv app and i'm like what are you doing yeah i I, don't want this i don't want to see this it's depressing i almost don't want to watch it even when it's free or i want to watch it when it's free just to be like i waited I'm not going to fall for this. Well, it's so ridiculous. Like, why would you even do this at all? People speculated, I don't know know if you got that speculation as well, that you would have to buy it in general or it would be like a year before it would come out, which almost makes more sense because the people who buy it, at least it told people first before it came out what the rule was. But I still think this is ridiculous. $35 in Canada, $10 higher than an average rental, like for instance... The rental. Actually, the, re- the rental was available in Canada. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Never became of it. Which movie am I thinking of? Uh, oh, Palm The King Springs. of Stra- uh No, because Palm Springs never came to Canada. Oh, King of Staten Island. The yeah, King you, of Staten you, you Island, the yeah, Judd Apatow movie. The movie. Uh, with uh, Pete Davidson. Oh, my God. Quick segue. You know what I did watch this week? What did you watch? The Pete Davidson Netflix special, like his comedy special. On oh, Netflix. okay. Was it great? Yeah, it was really fucking funny, man. That's great. It's almost, uh, it's very uncomfortable. He's he has a weird way of delivering things. It just like he just seems like a very awkward person, and he's like kind of fidgeting on stage and like kind of t- like how he talks things and like he he literally laughs at his own jokes before he even says them. No way. Which, which I appreciate. Uh, like he'll like <laughs> and then like he'll like try to deliver the line and like keep on pausing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really funny. It starts off with uh, with this bit about Louis C.K. and. Man, is it hilarious. Isn't it Louis? Oh, yeah, Louis C.K. He's been away that long, you forgot his name. Yeah, I know. Stop masturbating in front of people, Louis. Stop it. That's Stop a, that's it. a joke? No. It's about like him meeting Louis C.K. for oh, the okay. first time. Like, was that recent or before? No, that was pre-masturbation. And, <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, like he like talks about how like Louis C.K. didn't like him and how oh. like upset he was about it because like Louis C.K. was like one of his idols. 
and uh, it kind of just progresses when it's hilarious it's actually really funny i recommend watch that first bit if you don't laugh it's prob like it's probably not for you gotcha it really just sets the stage it just goes right into it very funny very funny i really enjoyed it it's also only like 50 some odd minutes like it's not too long cool yeah i'll, um, I'll check that out for sure yeah yeah i totally forgot about that what a, what a twist who'd have thought this would come up just randomly who'd have thought it's like it yeah it's like it's planned. Was it planned? I got news for you. It, it wasn't, wasn't planned. <laughs> Anyways, move on. Yeah, what a disappointment. More like move on to streaming. Wow. Number four. As tracked by Variety, the passing of 43-year-old actor Chadwick Boseman has brought on a celebration of his life and contributions to film over the past week. Many TV networks such as Disney's ABC and BET have been broadcasting tributes to the late actor, while many actors and directors in the industry have posted heartfelt messages on social media to emphasize the impact that he's had on their lives. From all accounts, Boseman was regarded as an extremely giving person and performer. Somewhat surprisingly, many that worked with him don't know that Boseman was fighting colon cancer for the past four years. As Black Panther director Ryan Coogler explained, quote, I wasn't privy to the details of his illness. After his family released their statement, I realized that he was living with his illness the entire time I knew him. Because he was a caretaker, a leader, and a man of faith, dignity, and pride, he shielded his collaborators from his suffering. He lived a beautiful life, and he made great art. Day after day, year after year, that was who he was. He was an epic firework display. I will tell stories about being there for some of the brilliant sparks till the end of my days. What an incredible mark he's left for us. Unquote. This is so sad, and I don't know. Last week when we brought this up, I like I I didn't really know what to say. I feel like I was still kind of in shock, and even now, like reading this, like I, I watched quite a few videos. Me too. Yeah. Uh, 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 like about him, and and I really like kind of want to just do a deep dive and watch some of his movies. I really want to watch Defy Bloods. I think we we briefly talked about this on this podcast. It's a Netflix original. Yeah, for sure. Spike Lee. Spike Lee, yeah. Um, I really want to watch that. I've been Me meaning too. to. And I don't know, man. It's it's heartbreaking. Like, 43 is so young to go out like this. And again, like, everything that I, I've, I've heard about this guy. Like, he's, 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 you know, the Black Panther. You know what I mean? Like, he brought... Yeah, he's a hero. He's, he, he's kind of a hero to, like, children everywhere in a exactly. way. Like, especially, like... People of color. Exactly. It's just, yeah, it's tragic. It's a tragic thing. And it's really, like, it's really amazing. And I don't know, like, again, like, people will mention, like, oh, like, well, there was Blade back in the 90s. But that was, like, that was, like, 20 years ago, man. You know what I mean? Like, we we yeah. finally... That was not as popular, too. Definitely and that's not. not. It's a rated R movie. It's a very different kind of idea. Like, to have a black actor lead a mainstream Marvel franchise is a big milestone, and it's not something to be understated at all. Uh, kids everywhere, again, black or white, honestly. Yeah. They, it's he's he's a hero, and he's such a great character and a great symbol. And like even the way he was introduced in Civil Civil War, in which he kind of turns it around from a revenge story into something different. Like when you go, when they go low, you go high type of message. And the way Chadwick Boseman handled his Black Panther fans. And treated them with such respect was amazing. He's just, he's a, the guy's a class act based on how many directors and writers and people spoke out about him. I, I don't think I've seen this much outpouring at all. Like there was the Kobe Bryant tragedy earlier this year in terms mm -hmm. of like a big name celebrity that kind of passed away that was young. Again, fairly young. But yeah. there's not as much of an outpouring of how much people believe him to be such a giving person and uh, just a great human being in general. 
And uh, yeah, he, he chose his roles like really wisely and he tried to make sure that they had some kind of impact on the rest of the world. And so like his movie 42 and Marshall and a lot of these movies are also being replayed in theaters as the theater businesses try to open back up, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And keeping that secret of his colon cancer for four years when people even like Ryan Coogler imagine the guy worked with him for probably a year Mm -hmm. a year and a half or however long it took to build up Black Panther it's crazy that he didn't know but that kind of strength to not tell him I don't know you're like fighting a battle internally and everyone just thought that he was just such a great human being and such an awesome person to be around it's just this is the like one of the most tragic moments this year because we're in the midst of this awful like pandemic. But this is the Black Lives Matter movement because too, of yeah. the ridiculousness of the systemic racism and there's this symbol of uh, this incredible symbol in, in Chadwick Boseman and he's kind of like he's he's gone now. Yeah, but I don't know. Like he, he's definitely someone that's gonna live on. And this, this sounds corny as shit, but he's he, like he's yeah, gonna yeah, live I on agree, in the hearts and minds of like many. Yeah, you know I know. I mean? I know. Like, he is Black Panther, and, like, everyone will know that on top of everything else he's done. And, you know, like, in many years to come, for, for man, centuries, hell, like, I, I assume it, uh, humanity is going to survive that long. And, you know, people are always going to look back at these Marvel movies. Like, I know I'm going to show the Marvel movies to my kids. Yeah. And I hope uh, my kids' kids will d- d- do the same, continuing that. And, like, his legacy is going to live on. He made a huge impact on the world and in, in, in multiple ways. But it, it sucks, dude. It sucks. And I just wish 2020 just gave us a fucking break. Give us something good, man. It's it's awful. It, I don't know. It's, it's heartbreaking. And I don't know. I, I just want something good to happen, man. Like, yeah. I want something good to happen. This is a... I, I saw a lot of clips with the, the chant where he's chanting in the fields in Infinity Wars, Ibombe. Mm-hmm. It's such a, oh man, it's just like a rousing moment. It's probably my favorite moment in Infinity War if I think about it. And the way that it's just so well portrayed and that all of these Avengers are on the field and it's the chant of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. They're all coming together. Unlike, I guess, the the rest of the United States or the world, I guess, with the amount of ridiculousness that's happening. This is a tragedy. Rest in peace. Rest in paradise. Wakanda forever. Number five. As publication Vanity Fair has reported, actor Robert Pattinson has contracted the coronavirus. As a result, the production of On Matt Reeves' The Batman film has temporarily shut down as all cast and crew members enter quarantine for at least two weeks. In fact, it was only quite recently that The Batman had started filming again in the UK after the March COVID-19 shutdown. The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, is the first in a trilogy of movies currently set to premiere in 2021. The first teaser for the film recently aired during part one of DC's fandom streaming event in August. Adrian, mm. thoughts? What the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what the hell? Yeah, it's... I hope he's okay. That's that's the first thing, obviously. Well, obviously. But coronavirus, I think he's a fairly young guy. I think he's around my age, uh, as far as I know. And I mean... What are you doing with your life? Well, I don't have coronavirus. Wait, oh, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, you're saying you I'm doing? a failure compared to the guy yeah. who's, who acted in the lighthouse and uh, good various, time, good time, various, and Twilight. Twilight. Twilight, the best movie of all time, the Twilight series. Funnily enough, uh, my lover, she's doing a Twilight like series rewatch just on her own time, just just choosing to watch it. Yeah, just for no reason, on her own volition. Just felt like it, not being tortured, tied to a chair no. or anything. Oh, okay. Cool. You know what's really good about Twilight? Soundtrack, the soundtrack. Oh, oh my did. goodness. Oh, man. Dude, look at us. <laughs> look at us. 
Who would have thought? Yeah, the soundtrack's so fantastic. Paramore it is great. Is like no, decode. Yeah. Like that yeah. song is just a banger. No. Yeah, they tried to tap into like the Harry Potter type ideal, but that I don't know if you can really do a Harry Potter type. I don't think anyone can. I don't, like, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. No, nothing yeah. is as good as Harry Potter. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Nah. Well, like in terms of like these like book book adaptation. I, I guess never. Lord mind. of the Lord Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Won literally, literally an Oscar. Yeah, quite literally won Oscars. That one. I think. I don't know if it's still holding the record, but Return of the King. I think almost won the most Oscars in Ever? one Oscar ceremony. I'd have oh to double check. I think it might have been Mad Max that overtook it. That's crazy. Mad Max is such a good movie. Mad Max Fury Road to specify yeah. is amazing. I agree. Yeah. And the sound is amazing as well. Mm-hmm. When I get my Sonos Arc, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch that movie. Fun fact: Mad Max Fury Road was the winner for sound mixing and sound editing mm-hmm. in that year, and that's yeah. why one of, one of the contributions to their many Oscars. And the one of the sound engineers who made actually created the soundtrack, not the the music, but the the actual mixing and editing, Chris Jenkins, actually was deeply involved with helping to create the Sonos Arc. Because Sonos actually has a Sonos soundboard. And so they actually sit certain creators down, make them listen to their their movie, and then tune the speakers that they make to be specific to the creator's intent. Uh, Oh. So so whatever the movie is, it's it's influenced by the actual creators. And so that's just a, a quick fun fact for you that Chris Jenkins specifically contributed to Sonos products like The Ark. He's contributed to many other films, but specifically Mad Max, he won Academy Award, an Academy mm-hmm. Award for. So I thought I'd, I'd mention that. But I was just... Uh, That's really cool. I had looked this up recently, and specifically that award was actually presented by none other than Chris Evans, who we talked about at the top of the show, and Chadwick Boseman, actually, at the Academy Awards. Uh-huh. They had initially announced the, the winners for, for that award for sound mixing and sound editing that year, which is interesting. Anyways, I just thought I'd throw that in there. That's a cool little piece of trivia. Yeah, so when you're listening to your Sonos Arc, know that it's, uh, it's Chris Jenkins approved if you're watching Mad Max Fury Road. That's cool, man. I'm going to definitely watch Mad Max Fury Road. Sounds good. Super good. But yeah, I don't know anything, anything else about this, the Batman movie. It just sucks, man. Like, come on. I think it's, it's going to be a two-weeks quarantine, and then they're going to get back at it, and then it should be good to go. I don't think this is going to be too detrimental to them. Nobody better die. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with that sentiment. I'm so sick of people dying. I think that, I'd hope that they're, they'd be okay. But if anyone else dies, I'm going to go find that kid that was laughing at that, uh, Avengers Infinity War when we watched, uh, like a couple years back. And then I'm going to beat him up again. Like we did. Stop. That kid doesn't deserve it. We never beat him up the we first time. Up. Okay. Let's move on. Cause we can't talk about this like anymore. Those people at the no one was beaten up. Sh- yeah. No. We beat okay. Up. No. Unacceptable. Un acceptable as a sentiment number six this is a big one as reported by entertainment weekly warner brothers has officially responded to actor ray fisher's allegations of quote gross abusive unprofessional and completely unacceptable unquote behavior on the set of justice league by claiming that the allegations are in fact false when ray fisher had initially made this statement it eventually picked up enough steam on social media to spur a warner media investigation of the on-set environment it also caused DC Films president Walter Amata to phone Fisher personally to discuss the allegations. Apparently, months after the phone call, on September 4th specifically, Fisher tweeted, quote, 
So you can better understand how deep this goes. After speaking out about Justice League, I received a phone call from the president of DC Films, wherein he attempted to throw Joss Whedon and John Berg under the bus in hopes that I would relent on Jeff Johns. I will not, unquote. After this tweet, Warner Brothers fired back by explaining that the Hamada and Fisher July phone conversation was nothing more than Fisher complaining that his proposed script revisions were not included in Joss Whedon's version of the film, and Walter Hamada responding that, quote, creative differences are a normal part of the production process, and that a film's writer-director ultimately has to be in charge of these matters, unquote. Warner Brothers also denied the allegations of Hamada, quote, throwing anyone under the bus, unquote and emphasized that Ray Fisher has refused to meet with a third-party investigator that they hired and has so far failed to provide any evidence of any misconduct. Fisher shot back once again on Twitter on September 5th by claiming that the Warner Brothers statement was simply a ploy to discredit him and that he met with the investigator briefly but exited after deciding that the third-party investigator was actually a first-party investigator working directly for Warner Brothers. Adrian! <laughs> Dude, this is getting really interesting. What a weird thing. Yeah, is this, this weird? Is odd. Is this, this odd? Is very to you? odd. I'm incredibly curious. Like what the real what story is. What do you make is. of this, like so far, though? I don't know, man. It's really weird. Again, like what does Ray Fisher have to gain from making these complaints? That's that's always my sort of thought process is what do any of these people like Well maybe it's social justice. Is that the idea? Yeah, I, I guess. Is that what he's going for? Maybe. I don't really know. Here's my issue with this. No one else has spoken up at all. Mm -hmm. And this whole time, he's fighting this battle on his own, and he's got no proof that he's ever shown the world. But he keeps posting on Twitter, instead of dealing with actual proper channels through Warner Brothers, just defeating Warner Brothers with a lawyer, he's posting on Twitter to rile everyone up. I'm a little confused that the, the game here, like that's where I think... What does he have to gain? Because why is he doing it this way? Yeah. And he's got no proof. He's not showing any proof. And Jeff Johns has been doing this for a long time. He's been doing quite a bit for a long time. He's heavily invested in Stargirl as an example and various other shows. Joss Whedon's been doing this for a long time. No one's spoken out about him except for his ex-wife, which really doesn't count because that has nothing to do with professionalism. Mm-hmm. I'm just confused. I don't, I'm not saying that I don't believe him, but this is becoming more ridiculous than it ever has been. And they're now discrediting him completely. They're just like, nah, nah, this yeah, is yeah, dumb. This guy's a bozo. Well, he keeps claiming things, and he's claiming things now about, about a guy who is not even a part of it. Like the DC, DC Films president, Walter Hamada, has not, wasn't even the DC Films president when Justice League was being made. At the time, yeah. So I... Like I, I'm not sure I understand this, but this is, this has gotten out of hand. And just deal with it on your own terms. And why aren't you presenting evidence to the, the investigator? And if because it's not a, it's a first party investigator hired by. How Warner does he, okay? Brothers. So that's the other thing. How does he know? I don't know. That's, how would you know again, that? That's, yeah, like it's it's just a little bit too odd. Did you read the email that he sent out? That he specifically this was the he sent it an email to his agent or, or his representatives to say hey this was on August 26th when he actually had that that meeting the Zoom call with the Zoom. with the investigator and there was apparently another person on the call and he realized oh I should have another representative here as a witness you didn't think of that before 
Why didn't you have somebody available? You've been trying to do this for months. This is since June. Get Ben Affleck on the call. Get I, Gal Gadot on the call. I just call. think it's strange. Like, if you were really serious about this, like he's claiming he is, why aren't you doing more? I'm really confused. I just think this could have been already wrapped up already. Just show the evidence. We want to see. I want to know if you're telling the truth now at this point. You just show. You just automatically show the evidence. You just say, oh, this is it. He keeps again claiming it's getting tied up in some litigation, but I don't think there's a lawsuit. And this, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen a lawsuit. I looked for one. No, and there isn't. Uh, as far as so, I'm what is he not. holding on to then? What is I don't know. What man. Evidence? It, it, it is an odd one. Like, how do you even have evidence? Like, how do you prove? He was claiming he was collecting people to to corroborate his story, but where are these people? Where are they? I don't know. I I, I just this one's a weird situation because there's a lot of this is this type of thing bothers me because if if he had the evidence to show, then he would just show it. And there's a lot yeah, of not? real life examples of people who really are speaking out about injustices that are real. And I do, if this is real, it could be. But what are you waiting for? I'm, I'm just don't. I don't understand. My criticism is stop holding it and tell everybody what what the deal is because we want to know. I want to know what Warner, Warner Brothers did wrong. Me too. Because these creators are still making stuff. Joss Whedon's making something else. I think he's making a show actually, for, right now. For I thought what? it. I thought it was HBO, but I, I'd have to recheck that. It's a show uh, called The Nevers that's coming out on HBO. Is it HBO? Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's I got that part right. Next year, the 20, 2021. He is the creator of the show. Cool. Could be good. He has a has a cast of people that I'm not interesting. Really like a Joss Whedon with. show in, on HBO would be an interesting concept to me. Hmm. I'm curious to see what he can do with that because it's just a, a much bigger budget than he's ever probably had in terms of TV series. Yeah. So that that'll be interesting. But yeah, again, I'm not saying that I don't believe him, but he showed no evidence. So yeah, well, I got news for you. Yeah, so. no, no, that's fair. Yeah, like, again, like it's. I just find it an odd situation. I'm not gonna make an opinion on until I know something. I just for to sure. find the web of this. Like I was going lo- reading a bunch of stuff, and I just don't. I'm confused. I don't understand what the what's the holdup. Yeah, I, I, no, I agree. My, again, the only thing that's really sticking out to me is like again, what does he have to gain for doing this? Like he it, just was not a known person. Now he's more known than ever just for this. Yeah, but who like who will want to hire him? Why I don't would you know. want to hire someone that's like doing something like this? I don't know. I feel like that, it just causes this problems. This is a huge company. Yeah, it's again, it's it's this uh, David David versus Goliath sort of situation. Like he's just one dude fighting a but huge it doesn't company. make sense though because if it was a toxic environment on set, then mm, wouldn't what? everyone else have the same opinion? Even if it's like just a lighting guy. Yeah, you know that's what, what I mean? I, that's what the issue is. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I'm I feel bad because I want him to succeed, like in general in his career and everything. But I just don't know. You had mentioned initially when we talked about this the first time that it's like his first feature film. Yeah, because yeah, because he was, he was Broadway on Broadway actor. Jinx. And I, I don't know. He's not maybe used to the culture, or because he 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 did apparently he did according to well Warner Brothers anyway, and he brought uh, script revisions for his character because mm-hmm. he was disappointed with the direction, which is fine. But the whole thing about saying on stage, what would possess you to say on stage? Joss Whedon is the best person to to be on this project. I, I just don't understand this. Did somebody force you to do that? What what would have happened to change your mind? You you're just you became principled after after a few years. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Just, has Joss Whedon said anything about the situation? I don't believe he has. No, he's purposely staying quiet because he's just letting this play out. I don't know if there is anything there. He didn't even deny it because he's like, this is probably ridiculous. Or maybe he's telling the truth. But I, I just don't. There's all the weighted evidence is against the one man at this point. 
So just tell the people your story, like the actual story. Yeah, just spit it out. Tell us what it is. Spit it out, Ray. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I tend, like, I tend to usually believe the little guy. Like, I, I, I want to. Yeah, I don't if. But the, at the same time, like, I don't know. It's man. the little guy against a bunch of people. Like yeah. a bunch of people who don't say the same thing. The, who over, Film productions are huge. Like, yeah. how does no one know about this abuse? No, man. Like, you, you make a very good point. Are like, they paying it doesn't them make off? Sense. Maybe yeah. they're paying them off. They're a huge corporation. But is there value? Like, how bad could this have possibly been? I don't know. Like, these are know, huge man. actors. Like, Ben Affleck and, like, Gal Gadot. Like, they're, they're huge. Do you, would they have been, like, rude around them? It's Again. possible, I guess. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. And there's no way to know this. And he's just claiming this, and there's just no evidence at all. There would be evidence, by the way, again, because it's just about the the people who come forward. Yeah, we don't have anything. I'm definitely intrigued. I want to know. Like, I want to know. This is cool. Like, not cool. I mean, obviously, harassment and like like abusive, unprofessional behavior isn't cool. But it's kind of a cool story. Like, I'm interested. You know what I mean? I'm intrigued. I wanna I wanna hear more about this week to week. You know, I wanna figure it out. What's going on? What's gonna happen with Ray Fisher? They're coming out with the Justice League Snyder Cut movie. TV show, miniseries, four hours. Like, if they decide to continue that universe, is Ray Fisher going to come back? Are they going to allow him to come back? So here's the deal, actually. so many things. So you're aware that phone call that Walter Hamada had with Ray Fisher in July, that was Mm. supposed to be Walter Hamada asking him to be in the Flash movie. Oh. Yeah. That was what it was about. So So, is that going to happen now? Maybe not. Because that's... Ah, man. Well, I don't know what I don't know what's going on. Like, it's just strange to me. Like, yeah. He was apparently talking about that, and then Ray Fisher brought to his attention that whole idea, and then Ray Fisher's claiming that he was throwing those two under the bus to which, save Jeff Johns, which is an odd thing to why, do. Why? Why would you do this? Because those maybe because John Berg is no longer in that position, and Joss Whedon has really worked directly for Warner Brothers. Yeah, maybe, but I don't. It's possible, I guess, but like, I, I don't know. But yeah, it's kind of just like shouting into the void. Like it almost seems like he's throwing a temper tantrum. You know, like that's why I'm getting this on like Twitter and stuff. It's like dude, that's like, why you is... don't do this. You just do it appropriately, yeah, as it should be. You don't do this on Twitter and then provide no evidence to fans. Who, and he just he keeps writing, "Thank you for my, your support." Why are we supporting you? What what are we supporting? He seems like he's a little bit in, in over his head. Yeah, but on what? I don't know. That's the whole thing. Like I don't know. Is it we were just supposed to? Be, I think it's like just supposed to believe him. Yeah, that's I, again. On, I on just don't get alone. like why. I don't like, know him why? personally. Why would I believe what you're saying? I don't know. It's such an interesting situation because, like, you're right. Like, why isn't anyone else coming forward with stuff? But, like, why did he even come forward with it in the first place? After seeing that Joss Whedon was a great choice when he already was working with Joss Whedon at the time when he made that comment, as far as I remember. Yeah, like, there must be some sort of back injury. Maybe he had a falling out with Joss Whedon or something like that. Well, he maybe saw the movie and realized how little he was in it. That's why it's so... forever ago. That was 2017. Right now, he's bringing it up now. He's bringing it up now. maybe, Maybe it took that long to watch the movie. No, I don't know. He just maybe grew the courage to do do this. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, this is weird, man. <laughs> this is a weird situation. I don't know. Like, I, I'm excited to see how it turns out, though. I'm excited to talk about this every single week. There's an update. <laughs> sure. It just just it's like another like Schroeder's Ray Fisher. Like, yeah. Is did was there abuse on set or Schroeder's was abuse? Was there not? Who knows? What we don't know because there's no way to know this. I mean, I hope one, I wonder if it was a third-party investigator and he's just, like, conspiracy theorizing this, though. Why would they not hire a third-party investigator? I don't know, man. And how would you know that? Did, did he have Warner Brothers painted on his forehead when you were on a Zoom call with him? How would you know? 
I, there's no way to know that. It's impossible. And even then, you have a Zoom call. You're literally, why do you need witnesses? You can record a Zoom call. Do we know, are we ridiculous? We live in a digital age. You mm. literally click record. Everyone is your witness at that point. So I'm not sure what you needed at that point. I don't know, man. I'm curious. I'm curious. Maybe he's super into conspiracy theories, this guy, and he's just he's just going crazy. I don't know. Maybe you, he listens we, to like Steven Crowder and people like that. Like, I don't like, know. Like, like no bullshit and stuff like that. Yeah. He's, he's like ridiculous people. I mean, I, that has quite literally nothing to do with it, the situation. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just confused. I just imagine that people just, that l- listen to that sort of stuff are obviously. I'm just saying it's hard to believe. A little bit stupid. It's currently hard to believe him currently because there's just. I agree. This is not something that you can't see. Like, there's a literally casting crew, and if it, if there's this crazy abuse like you claim, and you believe he claims that he's got evidence, mm-hmm. present the evidence. Something Ray fishy about it. Yeah, I hope he. Co- I hope he comes in and goes, "Hey, I got news for you. I have evidence now." <laughs> now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as noted by publication The Hollywood Reporter, director and star Sylvester Stallone is currently creating a director's cut for his film Rocky IV to celebrate the film's 35th anniversary. And the infamous Polly's Robot is being cut from his movie. I've never watched any of the Rocky movies. What? Number two, according to Variety, James Bond actor Pierce Brosnan is set to star in a new film called The Last Rifleman that follows a World War II veteran who escapes an old age home to travel from Northern Ireland to France to face the ghosts of his past on the 75th anniversary of D-Day. That was uh, not an easy walk on the beach. Number three, as reported by Deadline, Skydance Television is creating a spy adventure TV series to be showrun by Nick Santora and star Arnold Schwarzenegger in the leading role. Has he ever been in a TV show? No, actually. Number four, as reported by Deadline, Adam Driver is set to star in a new sci-fi thriller called 65, with The Quiet Place writers Scott Beck and Brian Woods directing the project. I'm honestly all in on that one. Number five, as Variety has reported, 12 Years a Slave writer John Ridley and Lost showrunner Carlton Cuse are set to develop an Apple TV Plus TV series adaptation of Sherry Fink's Hurricane Katrina-based novel, Five Days at Memorial. Hurricane Katrina? More like Hurricane Tortilla. It's a Vine reference. You ever watch that? People, people died, man. Number six. As Deadline reports, 300's Gerard Butler and Captain America Winter Soldier's Frank Grillo are set to star in an action thriller called Cop Shop to be directed by the Grey director, Joe Carnahan. Oh, interesting. What do you buy at a cop shop? Number seven. As Variety reports, actor Jack Quaid of Amazon's The Boys has been cast in Paramount Pictures' Scream movie reboot. Ah! It's ridiculous. Number eight. As Variety has reported, actor Jamie Foxx will star in a new Netflix comedy TV series based upon his relationship with his daughter titled, Dad, Stop Embarrassing Me. Never. I'll never stop embarrassing you. Number nine. As Variety reports, the ever-popular ABC medical drama Grey's Anatomy will begin filming season 17 sometime in early September and will likely have a narrative strongly influenced by the coronavirus pandemic. Oh yeah, right on. That's exactly what we want to watch now. What a good idea. Number 10. As covered by Deadline, director Guy Ritchie has cast Jason Statham in his new upcoming spy thriller Five Eyes that will begin filming in October of 2020. How many eyes does Jason Statham have? Five, apparently. I believe it's still two. And that concludes the montage. <laughs>
montage. That's fantastic, Simon. That was great. Uh, some great news that you shared with us, and I appreciate it. What am I excited for out of that one? I don't know. The one with uh, Adam Driver that I'm stoked for. I love Adam Driver. Anyways. It's pretty cool. Now on to the new releases. This is a segment of our show where uh, we talk about the new releases. Yeah. Oh, aptly named. Yeah, man. Thanks. Should I change the name? I got new releases for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You really love that clip. Yeah, man. It's fucking hilarious. So there, there's some movies coming out this week. This, this one's coming out on September 8th. We'll start with that date. That's a Tuesday. Tuesday. It's Tuesday, in it? Are you going to tell us what the movie uh, is? Yeah, so this movie is called Range Runners. It is an indie flick. It's a thriller movie about this uh, woman that is running from these two dudes uh, that are, I guess, trying to kill her. I don't know. The trailer makes it look really gory. I don't know. I'm never going to watch it. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and flickeringmyth.com. I... <laughs> That sounds like a real reputable source. Yeah, man. I, so, like, again, I, I mentioned last week, I'm only going to put things, two sources, in in the in, in, in this. Uh, so I had to really look for that second source. And flickeringmyth.com was that source. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Hashtag Alive, number sign, pound, alive, number sign, alive, pound, alive, hashtag alive. That's what it's called. It's a Korean movie, another, like, sort of zombie movie out of Korea. This is actually releasing on Netflix worldwide on the 8th as well. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and then the website Bleeding Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. These next movies, these next three movies are coming out September the 9th. This uh, this, this first one is called All In, The Fight for Democracy. Uh, this examines the often overlooked yet insidious issue of voter suppression in the United States in anticipation of the 2020 presidential election. I ripped that straight from uh, the movie insider i i didn't really care enough to really look into it i just i just thought i'd copy and paste that so i'll be fair and this was also confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet m.the-numbers.com and uh rotten tomatoes also mentioned it there's also a another netflix movie coming out on september the 9th called social dilemma it's just a documentary about the effects on social media on children or something something like that looks pretty lame and then this next one there's a lot of controversy about this movie i don't know if you've heard of it it's called cuties i did see the controversy yeah Yeah. so it's this french movie about this girl that she's like a young like 11 year old kid and her parents are like super conservative or whatever and she decides to leave and join a dance crew or something. And they released this like initial poster for this movie that Netflix actually had to take down because it was getting criticized a lot because it seemed like it was like over-sexualizing these, this kid or these yeah. kids. Um, and it's about this girl that, again, doing this dance crew and, sh- and is trying to twerk. What the fuck? Like, that's, I, I don't know. I don't want to like add to this outrage machine. I'm not going to watch this movie. I'm not going to give it the time of day. I feel like I tried to do a little bit more research on it. This just seems messed up. It seems kind of disgusting. Being like, it's like an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes. So I don't know. Maybe it's not what like the outrage is all about. Or maybe just a bunch of pedophiles are uh, like reviewing this. I don't know. Well, how many reviews are there? I don't know. I don't really look too deep. You're saying that all film critics are pedophiles? I'm saying all the film critics reviewing this movie could be pedophiles. Let's see. Yeah, it's 86 on Rotten Tomatoes, 21 reviews. Oh, that's very low. Uh, I think it won an award, though, at the uh, French Film Festival, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah, it it is odd. The, The trailer struck me as fairly odd. 
Like, what are they doing with this? Like, where are they going with this? It's disgusting. Why? It's just strange. Like, what the f- Like, what is this? Like, this is, like, what? I don't understand. I don't know. I'm never, like, I don't want to watch this. And, uh, yeah. This is actually a Netflix original movie, mind you. It's coming out on Netflix uh, worldwide on the 9th. Ew. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out, this is actually coming out on September 10th. It's a movie called Unpregnant. This is actually an HBO Max original movie. This is actually something I heard of, and uh, it, there's, I forget the actress's names. There's two girls. It's uh, one girl, she's from, uh, do, 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 do. what's that TV show that I watched? Euphoria. It's HBO TV show Euphoria. She's like one of the main characters in Euphoria, and she's the main character of this movie. And then the other girl, she's in Edge of Seventeen as like the best friend. It stars Barbie Ferreira, Ferreira, and Haley Lou Richardson. Again, Haley Lou Richardson, I know uh, from again Edge of Seventeen. She was also in that movie Five Feet Apart, which is like she has like cystic fibrosis or something, or that what's that thing when you can't breathe, your lungs fill up with fluid or something. Is that cystic fibrosis? Mm. I think it is. Yeah, I think this it is, is not a science show. It is cystic fibrosis. Ah. Um, that movie sucked, mind you. I watched that in theaters. It was stupid. The ending is ridiculous. Why did you go see it in theaters? Because my girlfriend really wanted to watch it. I love her. Ah, I got you. like, oh, this looks like a good movie. It sucks. It's a bad movie. The ending is sucks. It's a stupid ending. It's dumb. I'm going to spoil it right now. No, no, don't so, spoil it. No. No. Don't do it. See, I'm watching you. The movie sucks. Uh, anyways, yeah, so uh, this movie is about this, like, Missouri teen um, that gets pregnant, and then she goes on a road trip with her friend to get a legal abortion, because apparently you can't have abortions in Missouri. I don't really know the, the rules down south, but yeah, that's, that's what it's about. Interesting. Yeah, it's a tough topic to talk about. I don't envy anyone that needs to get an abortion. Not my place to comment on it. Anyways, uh, so the next movies that are coming out, these are all coming out on September 11th. Uh, the first movie that I have written here is a movie called I Am a Woman. This movie is about a person who is a woman. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and m.thenumbers.com. The next movie coming out is a movie called Dad Wanted. It's a Netflix original movie about a girl who wants to join a BMX race. However, her mother is against it, so she hires this dude to play her dad so she can uh, join this BMX race. Uh, I think the movie's in Spanish. Um, I'm not really good with the languages other than English and Hungarian. But yeah, that's uh, I th- I'm pretty sure it's in Spanish. This next movie uh, coming out is a movie called uh, Rent a Pal. This was confirmed by M. Uh, so we're renting a dad and renting a pal. Yeah. On both on September 11th. Uh, yeah. Oh, bummer. I didn't even think it's about that. It's also September 11th. Yeah, yeah. 9-11. So I wonder if like she's not released movies on September 11th. Do people like even care about 9-11 anymore? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You can joke about 9-11 now, though, right? I'm not going to. I'm just asking. Pete Davidson, actually. We talked about him. His dad was a firefighter that died. In oh, 9/11. no way. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fun fact. Interesting. Did he mention that in the stand-up special? No, he mentioned it in uh, like a, like a, one of his roasts that he was a part of and stuff like that. And uh, oh. I think he mentions it like like on SNL. And I think that's part of what The King of Staten Island's about, that his like, dad was a firefighter and he died during 9-11. I think that's actually... He doesn't play himself in The King of Satin Island, does he? No, no, no. Oh. Well, he, like, plays, like, kind of a version of himself. Did you watch the movie? No. I oh. still want to, though. It's Judd Apatow. So, uh, I do want to watch that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, this Rent-A-Pal movie. It's M. It's, this was confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and Movie Insider. This is about a dude that befriends a VHS tape or some shit. Is and that it, what it's written in Movie Insider? Yeah, something like that. A dude befriends a VHS tape. Or some shit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. 
cool. So this next movie that's coming out is a movie called Spy Cat. This was confirmed by Movie ah, Insider and Rotten Tomatoes. sequel to Spy Kids. Yeah, actually. Um, no, it's about a cat who is a spy. This movie actually came out in uh, 2018, apparently. I think it was a German movie. I could be wrong about that. I just know there was a release date in Germany in 2018. And my assumption is that it's just redubbed for English audiences. Because it's so amazing? Uh, I don't know, man. Because it's one of the best movies of 2018? Spy Cat. It's a great name. I mean, it's, it just gets right to the point. What's this movie about? It's about a spy cat. That's right. Honestly, it's arguably the best title to any movie ever. Spy Cat. The next movie that's coming out, uh, it's animated, by the way. I think I mentioned that. Did I mention that? Spy Cat is animated? It's animated. This next movie is also animated. It's a movie called Pets United. This is actually coming out on Netflix. These movies are coming in pairs here. They're, like, related. Yeah, I know. I Rent purpose. a Pal and Dad Wanted. Now Spy Cat, then Pets United. Wow. You don't think I did this on purpose? Jeez. I didn't well, do it on sorry. purpose. Sorry. Well, excuse no, me. I did do it on purpose. Remember last week when I said the movie, the, the second, and it was the second movie I mentioned? Do you yeah, remember okay. that? Yeah, I think you're... I put. I take time. I, do, I take time. I take pride in my work. Okay? Okay. <laughs> so this Pets Thank United movie... Specifying. This Pets United is about these pets that unite. It's a cat and a dog. It's a team-up movie. Natalie Dormer's in it. Also an animated movie. I don't know who she's playing, though. Is she the cat? Is she the dog? Is she even one of the main characters? She's or is she the though. spy cat? No, that's a different movie. Oh, yeah. Right, sorry. It's, it's all good, man. Anyways, this final movie coming out is a movie called Find Your Voice. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. It's about this dude that finds his voice, and he, uh, he raps, but he apparently isn't great at it. Gotcha. And those are the movies that so are. So he didn't really find out. his voice, or did he find his voice? I don't know, man. I'm sure he finds a, a voice of some sort at the end. Maybe his voice was the friends he made along the way, like Spy Cat. Like Spy Cat. Excellent. The greatest, the greatest movie title of all time, Spy Cat. Straight to the point. Cool. I'm watch Spy Cat. You gonna watch it? No. Oh, okay. Good to know. Well, that almost completes almost. the tenth episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. There's more. Well, there's one thing I'd like to mention. I'd like to thank you again, Adrian, for coming on the show as usual and uh, and joining me and doing these this robust research for these new releases. I appreciate it. Hey, no worries, man. I, I, I appreciate you appreciating me. Of course. I, again, like I said, I take pride in my work. I take pride in finding these movies and at least having two reliable resources, like uh, the most reliable resource on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. As well as, you know, another reliable resource like flickeringmyth.com. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to make sure what I say here is correct. And the, and the best thing that you've ever heard when it comes to movies releasing this week. This week. Excellent. Thank you for that. Hey, no worries, man. No worries. Rousing speech. And now I'd just like to say thank you for listening to the 10th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter. Signing off. Yeah, this is me, Adrian. I'm about to sign off, but not before I tell you something really, really cool and very important that everyone should know. It's that Batman v Superman is a good movie. Don't you agree? Yes, I hear you say. You breathe it out. You breathe out this nice sigh, just being like, yeah, yeah, it is a good movie. And we agree with you here. We agree with you here. Goodbye. Take care.